Hello, everyone. This is JB with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message. Coming to you from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away under the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Wednesday, January the 10th, 2024, and uh, time for World Events Update with uh, Grandpa Randy. Can't wait to talk with him today, see what all's been going on. Had a chance to spend some time uh, with him yesterday, and uh, we caught up on a lot of things, and uh, don't get to do that nearly enough, but with all of the holidays and our travel schedules, first time we've been able to grab lunch in a while, but I know you're going to be blessed by what he has to say. Maybe a little terrified, like usual, but uh, we know who holds the future. We know that, as I've said many times, when things are falling apart, they're really coming together from a biblical worldview. And uh, so just uh, been a great week already. Uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, you can listen to a couple of podcasts that posted on Monday. Of course, we did our interview from that day with Tom Hughes and Brandon Holthouse uh, coming to us from Jerusalem on Monday. They're back now, but uh, they were still in Jerusalem on Monday. Uh, that's a, a great one to listen to. And then also we posted our uh, uh, lengthy uh, live stream that I did with Lee Brainerd over the weekend. That's available in video form as well on our Rumble, Rumble channel, but we posted the podcast Monday. Yesterday, uh, we had uh, David uh, Fiorazzo on uh, talking about the intensifying assault on the image of God. Tomorrow, I'll be uh, kind of reversing the role, and I'll be on his program, Worldview Matters. We'll post that at the Not By Works podcast channel. And then we'll close out the week with uh, John Haller. Uh, will be joining us on Friday, uh, talking about will 2024 be 2020 2.0? And so can't wait to get his perspective, like we've gotten uh, Randy's and like we've gotten Leo Homans. And uh, uh, we also had Monday night for our premier subscribers, we had Bill Salas on, and he kind of gave us uh, his thoughts and, and answered a lot of your questions, our, our premier subscriber questions. Uh, you can sign up for that anytime, by the way. It's a, a small monthly fee. You can learn more about our premier membership at notbyworks.org. On, uh, click on the store button. And by the way, all of those uh, live st streams that we do with our premier members are saved in video form and posted on the premier page. So if you are a premier member, you can go back and watch some of those that we've had uh, over the last few months, including Monday's uh, discussion and Q&A with Bill Salas. All right, let's uh, let, take a look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 3. Today is uh, January the 10th, so I was in Proverbs 10 this morning, and this one uh, jumped off the page, uh, and I think it'll be a good starting point for our discussion with Randy. It says, The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desire of the wicked. And that's a great reminder from God's Word that the righteous win in the end. And righteous there in Scripture when it's talking about eternity and eternal destiny, always refers to our positional righteousness, which can only come by faith alone in Christ alone. Only those who have trusted in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died and rose again for their sins, uh, can be declared righteous by a holy God. And it's that, that righteous soul that will never famish. We will never face judgment, Jesus said. Once you believe in him, you've passed from death to life and shall never come into judgment. Paul says there's now no condemnation. Uh, for the righteous. And so uh, we are uh, confident of how this thing ends. But by contrast, in this uh, little uh, uh, couplet here in Proverbs, it's a contrasting uh, parallelism. The second part reminds us that the, the Lord casts away the desire of the wicked. So all of those globalists and Luciferians who are striving to take over the world, usher in a one-world system, destroy America, set the stage for the beast and the false prophet, they will not ultimately succeed. They'll have their day, but it'll be quite short-lived because the King of Kings and Lord of Lords will come back and uh, take the throne and rule with perfect peace and justice. So just a reminder for you today as we uh, get through the middle of the week and as we now turn to Randy to hear about some of the updates and things that are going on in the world. Randy, thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure, and it's always a joy to be here, more so as time goes on, because a year and a half ago when we started these, they made me so nervous I wanted to puke, but I'm finally getting used to it. So I want to thank everybody that contributes because you give me some really good, valuable information. So if anybody's interested, you could email it to me. You can get it to me however you want to. 
seems like all of you have my email, so I'm not even going to worry about repeating that right now. But we had a couple of hot things off the uh, grill this morning, so I'll just go over those first. It just kind of give you a uh, rendition of what they said. All right. One of our um, listeners sent this to me. The Fulton County, Georgia DA, Fannie Willis, is prosecuting Mr. Trump. All right. We all know that. Uh, but she's got the special prosecutor and her are special in that they're lovers and their boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> and she has paid him $654,000 to prosecute Mr. Trump. Now, if you don't see any problems with this kind of a mess going on, then, you know, you're missing the obvious because, you know, we know there's no justice. Mm -hmm. We know they're after Trump for whatever reason. There could be a myriad of reasons as far as I'm concerned, but it just goes to show the corruption goes all the way around. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. and Mrs. Clinton couldn't stand the heat of the uh, exposure of Epstein Island, so they all decided they would go to Mexico, and they met up with Mr. and Mrs. Gavin Newsom. Now, if you want to talk about an unholy group, that would be one scary group down there. I'd love to be a fly on the wall and just hear what they're talking about, mm -hmm. what they're covering up, what they're lying about, and if they're planning on taking the next uh, vehicle off the earth, who knows with those people. All right. This comes from one of our um, contributors who uh, does a lot of the financial stuff. And we've covered some of this before, but I'm just going to go over briefly what he's saying. All right. He's talking about the commercial property right now <clears throat> that is left unpurchased uh, and unrented. Okay. Now, this stuff is going to be happening in 24 and 25. There's $117 billion in U.S. office buildings coming due in 2024 that have to be refinanced, reset, sold, or something. I don't know where they're going to get the capacity for that, but anyway, that's what's coming. So he says, wait until that pain train happens. It's a time bomb, right? $10 trillion in U.S. Treasury bond payments coming due this year. Who's going to pay for that? China, the rest of the countries are dumping all of theirs. We're trying to buy them up so it looks like we have money. Um, by 2031, 100% of tax revenues, four and a half to five billion, will go toward paying just the interest on the debt. Now, I think he meant trillion there, not billion. Um, said it took 230 years to reach the first 2.6 trillion in debt. In the past calendar year, we added $2.6 trillion in debt alone. We now owe $34 trillion. Hmm. We are on pace to spend a trillion dollars per quarter at a minimum right now, just for the interest. Now, my question is, we know the dollar is not worth anything. Where are we going to come up with that money? Hmm. Again, credit card debt, mortgage debt, auto debt. It is just all going bananas, and things are getting worse by the day. Now, I talked to some of my friends the other day in the insurance industry, since I've worked there for 41 years, but I retired a year ago. They say that the CBDC, whether or not you believe it or whether or not you think it's coming soon, should be here sometime in 2024. The reason they say that is because once it's all together, that is how you are going to make your payments or your premiums and if you have a loss, that is how they're going to pay you. Will no longer be in a check, won't be a direct deposit. It will be sent through the CBDC and it will be digitalized. So if they've already got that working and we know the big banks, several of them have already digitized all of their deposits, we know it's coming. So look forward to it sometime this year, more than likely. Um, they're going to they're gonna make us take it one way or another. And the good thing is, you know, this time in history, we're not going to forego our salvation by doing that. But for the ones coming later, when we get into the beast, the 666, etc., uh, pay attention right now because it is coming together quickly. Yeah, let me let me comment on that, because Wendy and I had a uh, my wife, Wendy, uh, had a conversation last night we did with um, about this whole notion of, you know, all of the tools that are coming together and what prompted 
the discussion was, you know, here at the beginning of the year, we're rolling out some new uh, uh, services and apps and things and trying to kind of shore up some things. And one of the issues that we've had for quite some time is our Not By Works email, which we, we've had for, you know, 10 years, 12, 15 years. Uh, all of a sudden last year, in the middle of the year, we, it started getting, you know, blocked anytime we tried to send an email to Yahoo, Hotmail, and Gmail, which of course are the lion's share of people's email addresses. So in other words, people would email us, we would respond and it would bounce. We just couldn't go through. So we talked to our provider. We've been working on it, troubleshooting it. They weren't able to get it, you know, sorted out. And so in the, in the meantime, a few months ago, we created a, a secondary email account that was a Gmail account, something like nbwministries at gmail.com, just for the purpose of being able to email other people that have Gmail or Hotmail or Yahoo. And uh, so you, some of you may have gotten an email from that. But finally, this year, we we went ahead and upgraded all of our personal servers and a business server to, you know, the biggies, Microsoft, Google, those types of things, our exchange server. And we were talking about how, you know, they're really forcing everyone into, you know, this, these big corporate companies. They want everybody to be with, with Google so that Jim and I can, you know, take over. They want everybody to be with Microsoft. And, you know, we kind of, it gives us pause, but at the same time, we know until the Lord comes back, you got to play the game the way they expect you to play it, uh, because otherwise you can't communicate with anybody. So it's, again, yep. one of those eyes wide open things. And I think the same thing is true for the CBDCs. You know, I would avoid doing it if at all possible. But as you said, if a person finds that they have no choice, uh, if the world keeps ticking and the only way you can, you know, get income is to use is to do digitally, that's fine. Uh, you know, what, what can you do now? I've, I've said many times I would avoid at all costs, no matter what the consequence, signing up for the global digital ID. Uh, again, not because that's the mark of the beast and all of that. None of that's going to come about till after the rapture. But it still, it really kind of gives away your freedom completely once you've signed up for that. So it's just every situation is different. People have to nuance it. If you're in a position where you can uh, jump off the grid completely and stop using some of these technological things that, that Randy and Shane talk about, uh, great. I, that would be the ideal. But in the meantime, uh, you know, for us anyway, we've chosen to keep doing our best to use these uh, technologies to get the word out. Definitely. And, you know, the thing is, I hate the idea of it, but I look at the 70 million people that are on Medicare. They're not going to have a choice. That is going to be their choice. It's going to be like it or lump it. And I would say 90 percent of those people could not afford to forego their Medicare and Social Security payments every month. You look at railroad retirement. You look at some of the big pension funds. They're all going to do the same thing. They're drawing us in. They're going to make us do it. You know, still have your alternate metals, cash, whatever. Be, be, be ready for a surprise because nothing ever works as it's supposed to. More than likely, there will be glitches. There will be problems. Be able to survive. Get through this because you've said, and I have to agree, 2024 is going to be a mess. But this is all going to hit early 25. You can just tell. Everything's falling just like chips. And sooner or later, we're going to go, oh, my. And then one morning, we're going to wake up and it's going to be, whoa, this mm -hmm. is not the world we just lived in yesterday. Yeah. So prepare for it now. A good example. We talk about quantum computers every once in a while. Um, I think they're a godsend. I think they're great for certain things. But now Australia came up yesterday and said they have a supercomputer that basically will uh, stimulate the synapses in your brain and can compute like the synapses do in your brain. Mm -hmm. They will uh, make 228 trillion synapses a second. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be making decisions instead of as a computer does with input and stuff, it's going to make, I want to see decisions and different processes. It's going to mimic your brain a lot more. Now, this is the Western Sydney University. And they call this uh, computer Deep South, which it makes sense to me. Okay, NASA, trying to go back to the moon. And for all of you that don't think we've been to the moon, save your emails. Not going to discuss it. I'm <laughs> sure we were there. <laughs> Can't prove it because I wasn't old enough to be on it. But anyway, we were going to be there. 
And, and by the way, for those of you who are in that camp, trust me, Randy and I have had multiple conversations about that. We have a different perspective on that part of history. So I'll, I'll, you know, kind of have that dialogue with him. No need to email him about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many discussions we've had about that in flat earth, but it's kind of like I shake my head and I go, oh, I am in an alternate universe. I have, I've got to be. There's something. And going that's on. what we're trying to tell you, Randy. <laughs> I know, but you're wrong. I okay. think. All right. <laughs> anyway, NASA was supposed to be there very shortly, but they've had a little bit of trouble with their propellant. So now they won't be there to until 2026. Now, India sent a mission to the moon last summer. It crashed. We now have two American companies going to send one. We'll see if one of those gets there. Chinese want to have a moon base by 2030. So I don't understand what the big drawing card is for the moon. No atmosphere, no water, no food. I don't know how they think they're going to sustain life, but bless them. I guess we'll see. Hmm. Now, hot off the press this morning, there's a gentleman that says the United States military is hiding a UFO the size of a football field. Hmm. Now, I don't know how you hide something like that. I don't know how we didn't see it flying around before, but he says the military is in possession of one of those. And I'm going, all right, it's possible. Well, um, we did see, we have, there have been sightings of uh, football field sized UFOs and even bigger, the whole Phoenix Lights, which were seen by tens of thousands of people over multiple states uh, back in the, uh, when was that? Uh, not too long ago, uh, in modern times here. So, yes, but, but it wasn't in our possession. Right. My no, question is, how did we drag that down? Yeah. You know? How did we get it into, you know, right pad or wherever we put it without without people saying, yeah, that's a separate question. You're right. See, we'd be better off if we just charged admission, let everybody see it, charge them 50 bucks, let everybody go through there. Then everybody knows what's going on and then they could play their stupid games. But yeah, well, I'm sure if there was a way the Luciferians could monetize it. They probably would. Phoenix Lights were 1997. I talk about them in my uh, Spirit of the Antichrist Volume 2 book. So, yeah, I knew it wasn't too long ago. No, and if, you know, I wish everybody could have listened to L.A. Marzulli the other night and to Bill Solace on Monday. Because these are two gentlemen I've been following for I, I don't know how many years. Mr. Marzulli, he concentrates on the Nephilim and the UFOs. And some of this stuff just blows my mind. Some of it I can verify and some of it makes sense. Some of it, it's like I keep looking out under the covers when I wake up in the morning to make sure I'm in my house. <laughs> Bill Salas had a, a nice program on the end times, the Psalm 83 war, Gog Magog. The nice thing is, if you listen, you got to hear the spiritual religious part of that equation. When we talk about it here, we talk about the military, the economic, and you can see how things are coming together. The one big question always is timing. When is it going to happen? How close is it? And after we go through a few things today, I think you'll see that it's getting closer than you think. Mm. Uh, Malaysia. In, 19, or in 2024, they're going to introduce their biometric ID for their population. Now, for those of you that don't think any of this stuff is really present here, a friend of mine the other day got off an airplane in DIA. He's walking down the aisle, and one of the uh, TSA guys looks at him and says, hi, so-and-so. Now, they did that just with facial recognition. Yeah, called him by name, right? Yes. I, I don't know about you, but that would creep me out. It would be like, how would you know where I'm at, who I am? But obviously, they're much more advanced than they're letting us know. So just be aware that there are things taking place quickly. Um, we don't know half of it, I'm sure. And they're going to make a big difference in our life shortly. Mm -hmm. All right. Israel, they continue to fight Hamas, Hezbollah, fighting the Syrians, etc. Now, the concerning thing is, as far as I'm concerned, the Hamas... Terrorists, Hezbollah, need to be wiped from the face of the earth. But there are a lot of other things that are going on. And um, unfortunately, the public's not hearing. It. We talk about the Gog-Magog war where Russia gets involved, Iran, and Turkey. Let me give you a few of the latest facts. The Turks now have 100,000 troops ready to move in overnight against 
Israel. They have some of their ships in the Mediterranean. They have their air force on standby. Erdogan is of the opinion he wants them gone and he's going to do whatever he can to facilitate that. The Iranians, they're financing Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis in Yemen. Um, if it weren't for the United States, I'm afraid that Israel would be in a uh, severe mess. Hmm. Now, just to show you how close things are getting, in the last couple of weeks, the Russians have basically erected outposts where they can watch what's going on in the Golan Heights and on the border of Syria. Now, Syria and Israel border each other in one place. So they're sitting there watching everything. So I asked Mr. Salas the other night, do you think Putin could be God? And he was pretty emphatic when he said, yes, he's got the pedi or the, um, the pedigree. Yeah, that's what he said. The yeah. yeah, the experience and everything. And I'm, I've always had a question about that because Mr. Putin had Jewish um, babysitters. A grandfather and grandmother helped him during when he was growing up. And he's never really been on fire against the Jews, but he's starting to turn. Erdogan. That guy is going more anti-Jewish all the time. He is doing everything he can to get out of NATO, I think. Um, everybody should understand the Black Sea. To get into the Black Sea, you have to have permission of Turkey. If you don't, unless you are a signatory to the convention in 1936, which said the only ones that can always have access to the Black Sea are the countries that have a border with the Black Sea. They can come and go as they want. Anybody else has to have permission. Well, the British sent a couple of minesweepers in there the other day. They got to the Bosphorus and they were refused any entry whatsoever. The United States has tried to get in there. They will not let submarines in there. They will not let any type of warships in there. So understand there is a treaty and that's why that that's done. But the, Ru the Russians have moved their uh, Black Sea fleet further to the south, and it looks like they're either getting them out of the way of the Ukraines or they're getting them ready to support Turkey if they do make a move. And the latter would not surprise me at all, to be honest with you. Evidently, Russia and Turkey got into a little skirmish a couple days ago, and the Russians were flying their um, fighters and bombers over Turkey just as an intimidation ploy, I think. Hasn't led to anything yet, but you see that the BRICS nations and this ungodly axis, as I call it, they always have their problems. You never know if they're going to fall apart, if they're going to get stronger, or where they're at. But as far as the Gog-Magog thing, it is developing quickly. Israel is fighting on seven fronts. They're fighting the Golan Heights. They're in the West Bank. They're in Hamas. They're in Lebanon. They have troops down preventing Israel to move, and then they're fighting the Houthis in uh, Yemen. So they are, um, they're all in. They have, all of their soldiers are deployed. Uh, it's affecting the economy because nobody's working. They're all defending the country, so supplies are not being delivered. Work is not being uh, completed. And so we keep putting more and more money into Israel. Um, Biden's trying to get his billions into Israel and into Ukraine again. The Republican caucus says, we're not doing it unless you fix the southern border. Now, I don't know what kind of a chance that has of actually working. I guess we'll see here pretty soon. The Iran Iranian Navy has moved warships into the Persian Gulf up towards the northern end of um, Iran. The United States and the coalition have their forces down by the Red Sea. They have them by Yemen. And then they also have some over the Gulf of Aden and right up to the Persian Gulf area. There's going to be a war breakout there sooner or later. You, you're not going to be able to prevent it. The Iranians are making attacks through the Houthis. Um, sooner or later, things have got to come to a head. It's just a matter of time. Now, one thing I noted that India has also moved their warships into the Gulf of Aden. They and Yemen have no love lost, and they said we are going to prevent damage to our ships, and they have actually launched 
some missiles into Yemen. So the war there, it could break out and be huge. Now, Secretary Austin has was gone for about a week. Nobody knew what, what he was doing. We find out now that he had prostate cancer and had surgery. The question remains, and I, I really want a good excuse or a, a reason for this. Second in command did not know he was out. She was on vacation. Vice or Vice President Harris, I don't think anybody told her. Uh, Biden was not told, and they kept it a secret. Now, if festivities would have broken out, Biden wasn't there. Harris, they probably would bypass. Second in command was there, and Austin wasn't around. I, I've never heard of this kind of thing happening before. Everybody always knows what's going on so that they can, you know, make their arrangements in case something happens. Now, if anybody has a real good theory on why that happened, why it was allowed, I wish they'd let me know. Even my military contacts are going, never heard of anything like that before. So they're yeah. even shocked. It's really bizarre. It could be nothing more than just, um, like we talked about yesterday, just, you know, Secretary Austin wanting to have privacy and so forth, which I get that. I mean, you 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 know, when you live in the public eye, sometimes when you have personal health issues, you want that to stay private. But in a situation like this, where, as you said, we're at war on so many fronts, and he's the top defense guy, it seems like proper protocols on chain of command would be if he's going to be out of commission for any period of time at all, you alert, you know, the the, the, the deputy secretary, which, you know, they weren't notified. Um, by the way, they they told they finally told Biden, um, President Biden, uh, Austin's been in the hospital. And he said, Austin, what about Dallas and Houston? So anyway, that's uh, my, my failed attempt at, at humor. You can laugh. <laughs> if you laugh, it makes the people listening think it was I funny. I am laughing. I'm just trying not to choke on my drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, do you think all of this, these wars that you or the fronts that you just kind of went through, and I know you've got more, but do you think that they're all like connected or is this just chaos coming at us independently from all different parts of the world? Well, I think when the when the Hamas people started, you know, they've they've wanted to have a war there forever. And like Bill was saying the other night, you know, it kind of looks like we're at the Psalm 83 right now. But once you put Turkey and you put Iran in there, we we morph into a completely different battle. Now, you know, I think in my contacts think, too, that we are going to have an attack by multiple parties in unison sometime this year. They are of the of they're of the opinion that the Chinese can move anytime from March until June, or again in October. So they're looking for them to take over Taiwan this year. All right, North Korea, that guy is nuts. Nobody knows what he's going to do, but when you start lobbing missiles across other nations, and when he starts firing off artillery shells into South Korea, and the thing is, everybody goes, oh, that was just the border. No, where the shells landed, is South Korean territory. On those islands, they're South Korean and there are people that live there. The one island has a village of 2,000 people. Now, he didn't just do it one day. He did it the day after and he's done it again. And like he said, you know, we're not afraid of a war and we're not gonna change what we're doing. He wants to get it started. I do believe he is the one who wants to start. He has the eagle for it. He has the weapons for it. And, you know, I, I just look for him to be one of the first ones to let it go for some reason. Mm. Now, if he does, South Korea, Japan will be decimated. North Korea will no longer be on the map. They will be flat. I have no doubt about that. But if you look at, you know, they've all had their secret meetings and everything. One by one, none of them could match the United States. Mm. Together, they could take on the United States and win. China, with their cyber attack, if they had an EMP, uh, North Korea taking out some of the northern areas with a ballistic missile attack or a cyber attack, then Iran and Russia, with their, all of the troops they have, definitely we, would be more than what the United States can handle. Mm. And I think that's why Russia does not move any faster than it does. They're waiting. 
They have the supplies they need. Now they're using North Korean missiles because they're saving their own because they're more advanced. But they're right to the place with their 615,000 troops. They can move and they can move fast because Ukraine can brag about all of these little attacks that they've made and how great they are. If the Russian army wants to take them out, they can do it. They could be to the border of Poland in a week. That's how many forces they've got there. We look at what Turkey is doing. Turkey is becoming very, very bellicose and very hard to get along with. They're leaving NATO, like we said. It's just a matter of time. Iran holds back a little bit, and I don't know if they're waiting for everybody else to do this in conjunction, but I'm sure they have ballistic missiles with nuclear tips. They said last summer they had four of them. Now everybody's saying, well, they're going to have some soon. Well, what about the comments you made last summer when you said they had them? We know they have hundreds of thousands of missiles. Uh, they may just use their proxies. They may use Hezbollah and Hamas to do this until everything gels. But I have to feel that it's coming really close. My sources are the same way, and they're going, look, we have no ground forces we can bring in there. The 108th Airborne has been in Poland since this thing started. So there are 80 to 100,000 American soldiers right there, twiddling their thumbs, uh, watching their movies at night. But those are our main forces. They could fight. But when you have 615,000 Russian forces coming, uh, my first my first thought would be run, run for your life now. I can see that, like I told Bill, like we were talking, Russia could be very satisfied with the area they've already conquered as far as their future plans going against Israel, because they now have their warm water ports. They would have direct contact and direct movement to the Bosphorus. Turkey would let them out, and then they could go around the Mediterranean and then come in from the West. You know, that, that would finally, that would shut off Israel completely. The United States fleet, I don't know how much longer they're there. I still think that there are probably plans to take them out, to be honest. I think if the United States fleet is taken out of those areas and the South China Sea, our military will consist of nuclear weapons, an air force to fight local battles, but we would be at their mercy. And like Bill said, you know, he thinks that maybe uh, the United States and some of the other countries are what, the sons of Tarshish? Is that what he said? The, the young lions of Tarshish. The young lions. Yeah. Now, as I look back, Tarsus, I believe, was the United Kingdom, if my research is correct, which, if you look at the United States and Canada as being a British colony at one time, you look at um, Great Britain, Scotland, Ireland, you know, that, that has some plausibility. I think some of those are going to get wiped out, but I don't know for sure. But that could happen. But if we had no Navy, our Air Force was depleted, then we would sit on the sidelines, complain, and that is all we would do. So it's very possible. But I think things are going to move very quickly. Yeah. So next year, year, two years, whatever, I think things are going to heat up a lot. All right. In Germany, the German farmers have had enough. And so they got together. Now they have Berlin and Bonn blocked off. No traffic going in, none going out. They say they're not giving up their land. They're not going to change the way they farm. And so they're just sitting there until the government capitulates, much like the truckers in Canada. So you see these types of, what I want to, what I want to call protests in different countries, kind of like the truckers in Canada kind of like the farmers in the Netherlands. People are sick of it. There's just not that much they can do. But I noticed yesterday that Poland has blocked the border of Ukraine with semis. They don't want things going back and forth. They don't like it. So people around the world are trying to do what they can. They're just not well enough put together. And they haven't congealed. They're all separate groups, yeah, which makes yeah. it a problem. 
Yeah, and Satan's the author of confusion. So, of course, this isn't going to be some well-orchestrated, masterful plan. Uh, and you've got competing agendas. You've got people that get mad at each other within the Luciferian elite. So, uh, as I've said before, I mean, that's what really, uh, I think, keeps me awake at night is not what the Luciferians are planning next, but some rogue terrorist or someone who gets mad at someone else within the globalists and does something off script. And so... I just think that's why we need to stay abreast of this information. Yeah, well, that's like the Ukraine. The Ukraine supposedly has about 50,000 troops that are still active and healthy, but yet they're going into Russia, Belgorod, going down to Crimea. They're making all kinds of smoke. My, my point there is there must be NATO troops or mercs or somebody in there with them because 50,000 troops against 615,000 shouldn't be able to make any kind of a dent whatsoever. Now, interesting enough that last night somebody started Putin's house on fire. Oh, really? Sure sabotage. And so Putin, I don't know if he's moving around all the time, but if it'd be a good idea if he does. I huh. do believe. So, I mean, they're after him. People are after Trump. People, well, nobody's after Biden, but... Anyway, you know, they're, they're, they're working on the important stuff. <laughs> All right. So we know that uh, Mr. Austin was out of office, uh, which I hope somebody finally gives us a good excuse for that. The uh, ISIS group has called for global attacks on Jews and on Americans and says, kill them wherever you can find them. That's right out of the Geller report, along with... California is now giving free health care to illegal aliens, and they will provide a free sex change operation if you are so inclined. Now, there are billions in the hole. I don't know how they're um, doing this, but I guess whatever, right? All right. Mr. Trump, for those of you that want to vote for him, I would suggest that over the last week, you see exactly what is going on with this guy. Uh, you see that he's been to Epstein Island, don't know what he was there for, don't care. Uh, he said he will be a dictator for a day, but only a day, and then he'll go ahead and rule as a president would. And he also said, and this was on Mediate.com, that he believes that God sent him to save the world. Hmm. Based on Paul Harvey's So God Made a Farmer, this is what this whole little thing sounds like. He's just imitating himself instead of Paul Harvey. You know, he's here to save us. He is. He truly believes it. That's what worries me. I believe with his ego, he thinks he is equal to God. Yeah, I would encourage people to read uh, in, in Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2. And by the way, if you haven't gotten those books, you can check them out at spiritoftheantichrist.com. Spirit of the, or sorry, spiritoftheantichrist.org. Hold on, let me let me make sure it's been so long. Uh, uh, the Antichrist.org. Yeah, spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org. I have like three pages in the section in there on Trump of nothing but his quote, quote after quote after quote from his Twitter account where he's tweeting out things. And I don't know how anyone can read that and not realize there's something not right about this guy. I mean, yeah. it's just bizarro land and you know his messiah complex and and by the way i pointed out in my book that you know and i'm not trying to pile on here on trump you know look i get it there's no perfect candidate and i think they're all controlled anyway so but if we just think in terms of you know a, a traditional candidate there's no question he was on epstein island he was on the manifest you know from the plane multiple times uh, he's been open about it and not and don't forget hugh hefner was one of his best friends he spent countless hours at the Hefner mansion. Uh, Hefner put him on the cover of Playboy magazine. Uh, he's, he had that framed and hanging in his office. Uh, I mean, this guy comes from the seedy underworld of Las Vegas and New Jersey, and he made billions in the porn and gambling industry. Of course, uh, Trump's, you know, got some issues. And I just, it saddens me that so many believers over the last, uh, you know, what, seven years now, eight, eight coming up on eight years, have have kind of not been discerning enough uh, to see that. So I know, you know, let the emails pour in. I, I get it. You know, people think, well, he's not Biden, but we're not we're not supposed to vote for not Biden or not Obama. We're supposed to vote for, you know, the, the guy that fits the, the bill biblically. And I just uh, 
and that assumes your vote even counts. But uh, anyway, yeah, just this kind of stuff when I see it, to me, it's just, it, it it's commonplace with him. But I, I know it was a pretty big one this week with his comments about saving the world. Well, you know, we know he has an ego. I mean, he used to be a playboy. There's there's no question about that. And I'm not going to say he didn't have some good things he did for the United States, at least on first blush. Right. How they're going to turn out, who knows? But when you say something like that, you got to wonder if all the tension and stress has gotten to him over him being pursued by the Luciferians, the deep left, whatever, over the years. Now, the who, the head of who, Mr. Tedros has declared war on meat and says, you will transition to plant food by 2025. Now, I don't know who we send it not to make me eat that crap, but they should they should bring help. I don't see it happen. Mm -hmm. Another interesting aspect that one of our readers brought up, there's a gentleman by the name of Joseph Gonzaga lives in Medford, Oregon, sorry. And anyway, he supposedly is a candidate for president. Hmm. Nobody's heard about him. Nobody knows who he is, but he is on the FCC Form 3P, which is basically the ones that receive funds. Now, this gentleman has filed bankruptcy. He's uh, had a criminal charge, but the United States gave him $25,043,346 for his campaign. Now, I'm not going to say that's money laundering, not paying him for something else. But please tell me when nobody's heard about him and he's never campaigned, how did he get $25 million? <laughs> and it's right there in the records. You can't debate it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it's so out of control. We all know that nothing is as it seems. But Homeland Security sent out their 2024 threat assessment. I would suggest everybody goes in and looks at that, it's on the home security website. You can pull it right off of there and just review what they see some of the problems being. Um, COVID masks are now being required in New York, Illinois, and California to enter healthcare facilities. Now, there have been so many studies proving they're worthless. This has been a battle back and forth for years now, and now that is their solution. That is what they want you to do. Uh, if you really want to know where you, we might be in history, there is a a paper, a white paper. It's called the Deagle, D-E-A-G-L-E, 2025 Depopulation Forecast. Now, just go ahead and Google it and download it and take a look at it you will see that the United States by 2025 has over 200 million less people. A lot of the other Western countries, same thing. You'll notice that the Eastern countries get bigger. Now, I don't know much about Mr. Deagle. This was brought to us by one of our uh, listeners, but I'm going, if he forecasts that, then somebody paid him to do it. Obviously, how accurate is it? Do you know anything about that? Oh, yeah, very much. Yeah, we talked about the Deagle Report in Volume 2. And I know there's so much in there, you can't possibly remember everything yes. that's in there. But it's a very mysterious, weird uh, website. Uh, and in my chapter on uh, the Luciferian timetable, uh, 2025 and Agenda 2030 and all of that, I have a section in there dealing with the Deagle Report. It's just one more piece of anecdotal evidence that is really you know, interesting. And, and, and it seems to once again, point to something happening this decade, but we don't know where they get their forecast from. We don't know really much about them. There's also some uh, kind of competing uh, websites that have popped up that spell Deagle differently. And you got to be sure you're on the right one, the Deagle report. I talked, you know, mentioned that in the, in my bibliography. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just very mysterious. And, and I don't think anybody really knows it could be nothing, but it's a it's a broad report on a that covers a variety of topics and one of them is a population and it gives these projections and inexplicably uh, the uh, population of the U.S. they project is dramatically less by that by 2025. Well, what I'm going to have to do is get a hold of Elon, see if I can get that Neuralink thing so I can hook it up to your books because I can't remember everything that's in there. I, know, I, but I knew I'd heard that, but I'm going. 
where have I heard this before? So, yeah. you know, maybe Elon can help us, right? I'll All let right. you go first, okay? <laughs> I was thinking of our friend. No, I think our friend Kelton. He'll go first. Oh, there you go. Kelton he's, can he's be younger. He's younger. Let's let him try it, right? A absolutely. I second that motion. All in favor? All right. There we go. It passed unanimously. All right. AARP, if you're a member of that organization, um, well, let me put it like this. You enjoy diapers and um, ice cream cones. They now want you to take your eighth vax. Now, my opinion on vaccinations, I always thought one pretty much took care of everything. And if they're up to number eight, I got to tell you, the vax is either worthless, it's changing, or basically what they're doing to you is multifaceted and you're going to be in uh, a big problem. So if you want to take it, take it. I'm never, ever going to touch that stuff. Yeah, the best thing about AARP is the discounts. But other than that, it's yes. one of those globalist control organizations like them all, you know. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right. If you have a, a pension fund, um, understand that a bunch of you are supporting the Chinese. Many of these funds are basically invested in the Chinese economy in different places. And um, many of them are forecast to go down. So be very careful. Um the California State Teachers Retirement System has a large amount of money there, and it's doing so well, they need to borrow $30 billion to maintain their solvency. Uh, one thing I was going through the other day, I never knew that Obama won an Emmy for his Netflix documentary, uh, Working and What We Do All Day. Huh. I'd never heard of it, but now he's won a second one. Well, there's. And, um, oh, he won another one for for yes, the the other night he won one for what? Is that film I, that he just put out? I I don't I don't watch those yeah. things. So I, I mean, the thing judge. about the Emmys, um, it, it's it's kind of like you know, the blind patting themselves on the back, so to speak, if I can mix metaphors there. But there are so many Emmys for like you know really obscure things. You know, we think about lead actor, lead actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, best film. But there are there are awards for you know every kind of facet. So who who knows what uh, what he got involved with? But we know that the Luciferian elite are absolutely tied in, uh, you know, inseparably with Hollywood and the, the whole satanic underworld. There, yeah. Evidently, parts of society I'm not paying enough attention to because I had no clue about that. Yeah. Now there was a Spanish woman the other day. She has decided she wants to marry a hologram. She says it fulfills all of her needs uh, emotionally. Uh, she wants to marry it because she thinks that is her true life partner. And that's going to take place in Rotterdam, probably in June. Now, I don't want to say the whole world's nuts, but I got to think there's a big percentage that is lost. Yeah. Marrying a hologram. I, well, I, I yeah, that's like in the new book, Spirit of the False Prophet, I, I in the AI section, I talk about a guy that wanted to marry an AI or that did marry an AI. It was unbelievable. I forget the details, but it's in the book. But yeah, it's just that's what they're they're wanting you know, to do is obscure the difference between reality and fiction. And unfortunately for many people, uh, it is a battle for the mind. And if their mind is captured by the enemy, they're going to not be able to see the distinction and they're going to end up in these types of bizarre relationships. What are they going to do when the great deception happens? I mean, they're being deceived now, but it's going to get worse. Yeah. They're going to go talk to their hologram and hope the electricity is running. I mean, I mean yeah, that's the question. <laughs> well, you know, okay. So Pence now, Mr. Pence, really on Mr. Trump's case for quite a while, you know, bad mouthing him all the time. But now he says that January 6th, was not an insurrection. It was only a riot and that Trump should not be prosecuted. Now I want to know who switched on his neural link for crying out loud. That is 180 degrees where he was six months ago. Yeah, I mean, Mike Pence is an enigma. Back when he was chosen in 2016 or 20, yeah, 2016, you know, of course, all the conservatives that were on the Trump bandwagon thought he was great. Oh, he's a godly evangelical Christian, this and that. And I warned him then, nah, it's not exactly as it appears. Be very careful about Mike Pence. And then after the uh, 
stolen election in 2020, all the Trump supporters just turned on Pence and now they can't stand him. And so, you know, Pence is this, this kind of depends on which day it is, whether you like him or you don't like him, if you're a, a MAGA a person. Uh, but I, I think he's posturing himself politically because, you know, let's face it, Trump's support increases the more he attacks him and the more he's attacked. And I, regardless of what you think about Trump, there's no question that what they're doing to Trump is unconstitutional, it's wrong, and it's not who we are as Americans. And so they're only serving to to in, increase his support and uh, fire up the base. And I think it's all by design. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're creating this divide. I, I was on Stand Up For The Truth last week with Mary Danielson, and we talked about the war on everything. That would be a good one to go back and listen to if you haven't, because it, it's really the Satan's goal is to divide and conquer. And so he's creating this huge divide in America uh, between the right and the left. And I think we are primed for a major uprising of some uh, type, no matter which way the election goes. You have to wonder if our true threat is insurrection and a civil war yeah because i'm sure there's a button they could push that would send everybody over the edge now i look at everything else and i'm going there are so many threats i don't know how a guy would ever determine that yeah. but i mean whatever okay. january 6th was it it was not an insurrection and if you've studied history and you've looked at video coverage of insurrections you, you'll know an insurrection when you see it that was not it i mean that was mostly provocateured by, uh, you know, the government trying to create the appearance of, of this stuff. They, you know, they opened the gates. I mean, we know, those that take the time to look at the evidence, we know all that happened. Most of it was just misdemeanor trespassing, but, you know, they, it is what it is. They created the narrative. They, they, they needed a narrative, and so they call it an insurrection. But I, I think someday, if the Lord tarries is coming, everyone, uh, all believers, will see what a real insurrection looks like, and it's not pretty, and, and uh, yeah. you know, I hope it doesn't come to that. I agree. Now, a lot of people criticize firearms and say, how do all these people get their illegal weapons? Uh, most of them are stolen because I did a little research in the instant background check that is provided uh, and is mandatory on everybody that buys one from a store or whatever. In the last 25 years, has rejected 48,000 applicants. Those are the alien non-citizen applicants. That doesn't include everybody else. 48,000 times that kept a firearm from being purchased by somebody that wasn't even a citizen of the United States. But then what does it matter, right? We're now going to give the uh, illegal aliens police powers. We're going to arm them. We're going to have little red lights on their cars, on their bicycles, whatever they're going to use. And I'm going, it's it's all falling apart. Yeah. The entire country is going down the tubes. You remember when Obama years ago, his... Uh who was his justice guy or a justice department guy. Anyway, they, they came up with this un, unconscionable plan to arm the, uh, uh, you know, people across the border, uh, you know, the, the mob and the drug dealers and so forth, the Mexican mafia with guns that were traceable. And they said, we're going to give them these guns. This was a project. I forget what it was called. Some of our listeners are, are screaming. Fast and furious. I yeah, fast and furious. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and I mean, who does that? I mean, who gives the enemy guns? Oh, so that, that way we can trace the bullets when they kill people and, and then we can arrest them and talk about insane ideas. But, you know, our government has had some unbelievable plans. Remember Operation Northwoods uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis? And, uh, you know, there's been crazy things suggested and some of them have happened and thankfully some of them happened. But, uh, you know, our government is made up of uh, fallen human beings, and sadly, some of them are are have gone rogue and are working for the the wrong team. Well, and when you think of what's going on right now that we don't know, I mean, it's mind boggling because I could research some of this stuff, but I know there are things going on I have no clue, and probably compartmentalized so that most people don't. I mean, when this happens, we're not going to be surprised. We're going to be shocked that it took that long, actually. Now, the BRICS nations are having some troubles. Hmm. Uh, evidently, China and um, India were getting discounts on oil, but Iran said, we're not going to sell it that cheap. We want more money. And they're withholding oil from China right now. And that makes uh, China very unhappy. But you know what? 
life goes on, right? They'll ante up. They've got plenty of cash. Um, India cut back on purchases from Russia. So now Russia's got a bunch of oil they can't sell. And our prices are down where I like them. I don't think that's going to last. But let's face it, use it while we can, right? The head of uh, the CEO of 3M Company decided he needed some kind of a bonus. So they gave him a $26 million bonus for his pension and froze the pension plan for all the employees. They go, we don't have any money for you, but we gave him $26 million. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd have been there much longer, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, it just makes, makes no sense to me at all. But what I want to do just for a couple minutes is suggest that everybody go back and listen to Mr. Marzulli, the ones that are not on the premium channel. Try to get on there if you can, because there are a lot more programs coming up that you're going to want to hear. And I think they're valuable. They're always there. Um, let's face it. There are a lot of people that can bring things on board that we don't know. Uh, they may not be exactly as we think. But you know what? We need to see the whole picture, not just part of it. Yeah. I have my opinion on when Gog Magog is going to happen, how it's going to happen. Mr. Solace is close, but he's got some different ideas. And other people do, too. Let's face it, when we're trying to interpret Bible prophecy right now, it's tough because some of these things are not clear. Yeah, They're not clear at all. So I like the sermons that you've been giving because they bring things together. And like I've said before, you seem to be at least a year and a half or two years ahead of most. Now, <laughs> I don't know which, you know, Musk or who you get your information from. Yeah. But it seems to be turning out pretty well. Well, it starts with the Bible. And yeah, we started a new series on First uh, Thessalonians. We'll do First and Second Thessalonians on Sunday mornings. Uh, last week, I did the first five verses. This week, I'm doing chapter one, verses six through ten. I uh, was working on it most of the day yesterday. I'm going to be calling it a testimony of transformation. In chapter one, uh, Paul uh, kind of commends his uh, audience and the, the recipients of the letter and so forth. But it, these uh, two letters are fascinating letters about en the end times and eschatology. And it's kind of, I'm chomping at the bit to get to chapter four and and uh, get into Second Thessalonians and, and talk about, uh, you know, in First Thessalonians 5, for that matter, and talk about a lot of the end time stuff. But we'll get there. We're going to talk a little bit about it this uh, Sunday as we talk about the wrath of God. But yeah, you mentioned L.A. Marzulli, so I, I forgot to mention, but on Saturday, we had a special Saturday podcast with L.A. It's available to everybody. It wasn't a premiere deal. It was just for uh, the whole public. And so you can uh, listen to that uh, video, and I think we posted the... I mean, listen to that audio, and I think we posted the audio too. Uh, but uh, fascinating discussion. The context was uh, the, all of the craziness that happened in Miami, Um uh, so no, yeah, yeah, it was, po it is posted on our Rumble channel. Uh, we called it, Are the Nephilim Walking Among Us? And uh, I love LA. Obviously, you know, we don't agree on everything. No, no two Bible teachers are going to agree on anything, but everyone kind of has their, their bailiwick or their area of expertise or what they've been passionate about and studying. And of course, with, with LA, it's the paranormal, UFOs, UAPs, uh, uh, obviously the Nephilim, uh, you know, and I'm just so grateful to him. And he gave us kind of some perspective uh, on that. And so I encourage you to, to to watch that video. It's on our Rumble channel. Uh, and then uh, Bill Salas that you've referred to several times, of course, was for our premier members only. And uh, that uh, was Monday night in that live Q&A where you could ask, <clears throat> ask him questions. Um, before we wrap up, any other closing thoughts, uh, Randy? Well, I think 2024 is going to make 2023 look pretty nice. Yeah. You know, someone said that. John Haller said that to me. He said 2022 was was bad. 2023 wasn't as bad, but 2024 is going to be much worse. You know, and yeah. I think that's, uh, that's true. We've got John on Friday. He's going to give us some of his uh, predictions, so to speak, or so to speak, or just kind of his thoughts on kind of key areas to watch and what what uh, is uh, what we're heading towards. He and I have been dialoguing uh, quite a bit in the lead up to that. Uh, can't wait to have him on on uh, Friday. Want to encourage you too to check out our events page. We've got a bunch of events. Uh, our calendar is just filling up fast for 2024. I'm so grateful and thankful for that. Uh, but of course, the next event on our 
agenda is coming up at uh, Victory Baptist Church in Lake Charles, Louisiana. That's February 4th through the 6th. Then we're back for a couple of weeks. Then we hit the road for three weeks. I'll be at North Star Family Church in uh, the Atlanta, Georgia area, February 23rd through 25th. Then I'll be at the Orlando Prophecy Summit uh, there with uh, our good friends, uh, Gary Stearman, Mondo Gonzalez, Bob Ulrich, and all of the other uh, uh, speakers that I like LA and others, uh, you know, Billy Crone, uh, Tom Hughes, Brandon Holdhouse, Alex Newman's going to be, it's going to be phenomenal, Bill Salas. And then I go straight from there to uh, Liberty Baptist Church in Claremont, Florida, be my second time to speak there. Great church, great folks. Uh, shout out to Pastor Dwayne and uh, the great work that he's uh, that he's doing there. Um, if you're in any of those areas, we'd love to have you come see us uh, for the uh, Prophecy Watchers uh, Prophecy Summit. Uh, definitely sign up ASAP because they will sell out if they haven't already. Uh, also, the hotel rooms there sell out quickly, and uh, they they also you can purchase streaming tickets if you're not able to make it in person. All of that at prophecywatchers.com. We have it linked up at our website on the highlight carousel if you scroll through there. But uh, just uh, want to close out by saying a huge thank you to my family. You know, I don't give them enough credit, but my wife, Wendy, is is truly the partner in this ministry, and we uh, we depend on each other, and we are just having the, the ride of our life uh, and this journey uh, with uh, all that's going on in the world and, and ministry. I've uh, been married uh, coming up on 32 uh, years this year, and uh, just so grateful to the Lord for her. And then, of course, Brooke <clears throat> works for the ministry, one of my daughters. And uh, if you see anything good on our website or social media sites or emails or any of the presentations that I do, anything that looks good, trust me, that's uh, Brooke's uh, handiwork. And so we sure appreciate uh, her. But I'll close out with the verse we started with as a reminder, Proverbs 10, verse 3, the Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away <clears throat> the desire of the wicked. Always remember who wins uh, in the end. So God bless you, everyone. God bless you, Randy. Can't wait to talk again soon, and we will see you next time.